Welcome to the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, where we bring you a weekly dose of powerlifting news, tips, and training advice with a touch of 80s rock ballads. This podcast is presented by Team Roar Powerlifting, your source of the most comprehensive coaching and meet day preparation. Here are your hosts, Josh Roar and Laura Sturm. All right, welcome to episode 11. We are moving on up roughly one episode a, a week. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was brilliant, Josh. Uh, welcome to you, Laura Sturm, aka our team mom, who kind of keeps everybody from going off the rails. Yeah, which is really funny when I go someplace and, and uh, I would be with Latavia and they, she would say, hey, mom. And we were at like a food counter and someone looked at me like, there's something not quite right here. <laughs> uh, all right. And welcome, Josh Rohr, the man who can't say the word poop. And I don't understand why. It makes him uncomfortable. So anybody who sees Josh, no, just make stop. sure you work that into the conversation. That's not cool. <laughs> Sorry. There's a story there. There's no story. I just don't like the word. It just makes me feel weird. I don't know. So are you okay with like moist? Yeah, I don't care about that. Okay. All I mean, right. You can say you can say like somebody put a, took a big dump in their pants. That doesn't bother me, but the word bothers me. You can't even say it. It's like a word that shall not be said. Baltimore. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So, anyway, so that's uh, that's thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Uh, so let's move on to. We'll start off with the track of the week today. Uh, this one, so I also realize before we get to this that I don't necessarily follow the rules. Like, for example, this podcast is supposed to be about power ballads and we've been talking about all kinds of music, but that's fine. And then I'm looking at this next track and it's supposed to be power ballads, but this next song, I don't know if it's technically a power ballad, but it's a really good song and I like it. So I put it on there. So anyway. Uh, Mr. Big, To Be With You. That is the song, track number 11. Thoughts, Laura? It's a great song. Um, it's definitely a classic, and I think it's perfectly fine that it's not a ballad, um, technically. I love the song. I had something strange happen recently that has to do with the song, and uh, I wasn't sure if I should share that, but, you know. I, I think, I think. Yes. If anybody when, when, here, when, in, then, when in doubt, wow. share. Yeah. So um, my stepmother died recently and I went up to Massachusetts uh, to go to her funeral. And the night before I had written something to say at her service that had to be with the fact that she wasn't able to be with us. And I have gotten into the habit nowadays of meditating um, especially in the morning to kind of just recenter myself and kind of little mental health break, um, especially in the crazy world right now. And the morning of her funeral, I was meditating and thinking about how she wasn't able to be with us. And when my meditation stopped, I've never had my phone start playing a song until that morning. And it started playing that song. And when that happened, I just like totally lost it, started bawling. And then tried to figure out why my phone was playing that. And I had no apps that were open. Wow, that's crazy. And it really freaked me out. And then um, 
it finished that song and started playing a um, cello concerto. I love cello concertos, but I don't actually have any on my phone whatsoever. And uh, I couldn't get my music to stop except to reboot my phone. That's crazy. Yeah. I was, love that. It was, uh, it, was a, it was strange, but it kind of made it, it really actually made me feel better that day after I kind of got out all of my uh, bawling. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah. This song in general, like it kind of pulls at my emotional heartstrings. I don't know why. Like I don't necessarily have any, any like moments or anything tied to that, but it definitely, definitely does. Now I have a random teenager making noise. So please excuse me. Sorry. Cool. That's the problem with teenagers. Yeah. And teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's bust some powerlifting myths, Josh. All right. So uh, one that we have uh, put forth today is more is better. Got it. That's kind of a open-ended thing there. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what, what that refers to in detail, but I guess in terms of training, a lot of people think that the more they work out, the more sets they do, the more reps they do, the more often they max out, uh, the better they're going to be at powerlifting. And I think that is a big, a big mistake um, because your body can only recover from so much stress. And whether it's workout stress, whether it's, uh, you know, work stress, you know, whatever else is going on in your life, you can only recover from so much. So the idea is to kind of walk that line with training where you're doing, doing enough to, I guess, cause change, but enough that you can still recover from is the big deal. Because once you get over that line of not being able to recover, then things, that's where people think they're hitting a plateau or they're, you know, getting into overtraining is because they they kind of step over that line so uh if you're if you have if, this all right i'm going to go into a side rant with this if you have a coach uh it doesn't matter who it is follow the damn programming um because if i was <laughs> i was having a side discussion with with a coach friend of mine and you can only effectively evaluate your coach's program if you're doing the program so stop, True story. stop, stop maxing out and not telling anybody when you're not supposed to. Um, if you do run off the rails and do something like that, then at least let the coach know, don't hide it. Because what people don't know is we're tracking all of those things, you know, relative intensity, volume, um, you know, how often you hit these percentages, how you respond to those percentages. So if you're throwing curveballs in there all the time, then all of our data is completely off. So when we're trying to get you to peak at a meet, uh, we're going off of what we know, which is, is what we think you are doing. But if you're not actually doing that, then we're basically, uh, we're basically kind of driving blindfolded. So um, that was a little side yeah. rant, but, but I think it's a valid side rant. Because when you, when you're programming for someone and they're maxing out and not telling you, or you see it on Facebook, that was my favorite. When you're like, "Huh, I'm pretty sure I didn't program that few." That's funny. Um, it definitely affects the program if you're maxing out, and if you're hiding the maxing out, that's that's just it's not a good idea. Yeah, I had one the other day. Uh, one one of our lifters, Laura, and <gasps> I kind of I kind of want to call him or her out 
but I, I'm not going to. They know who they are. Um, I saw it on Instagram, and my first thought was, crap, I had some sort of typo in the programming. So, like, I started freaking out when I saw it. I'm like, dang it, what else did I mess up? And then I, I get into their programming and look at it, and I'm like, uh, son of a gun. They're just going off the rails. So, anyway, we well, did have a talk. It's fun to max out sometimes, but, um, you know, that's what meets her for, really. Yeah, and there's a time and time and purpose, I guess, to do that outside of a meet even. But, you know, when we're in a, a hypertrophy block of training and just got done with the meet and somebody's maxing out, after, after we've already said that we need to work on some technique issues, it just kind of throws a curveball and everything. And uh, I'm not, if you're listening, uh, person that I'm referring to, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> wow. You gave me flashbacks to being a teenager. <laughs> Yike. Well, and you know, more, more is better. I, I can also say sometimes less can actually be more. Because um, as an aging athlete, um, when I switched from training four times a week to three times a week, um, I stopped feeling as beat up. And I was a little bit more consistent with making sure I got my accessory work done. And I think I was able also to focus a little bit more on technique. So more is not always more or better. So meth busted. Busted. Stamp. Yes. Stamp. Still don't know how to do the graphics, so we're just yeah. Gonna... We'll have to work on that, Josh. And it's the podcast, so unless you're watching on YouTube, there's no graphics anyway, I guess. Imagine it in your mind. In your mind. That's right. Uh, so another myth. One. Yeah, we got another one. Uh, powerlifters are fat and out of shape. Yeah. Well, I would have to say some powerlifters are fat. Um. But really, by what definition is out of shape? Um, some people that are in a higher body weight category may have more body fat, but they are also strong as fuck. So, you know, what is your definition of, you know, out of shape? And, you know, I do think our society thinks that Dr. Oz is our model of healthy, which is kind of crazy. Um, and, Wait, you know, I... Are you saying he's not... I, I, I don't really think that a man that I could lift up with one arm is, I'm sorry. That's just not my definition of healthy, especially. Yeah. Anyway. So is it bad that I don't really even know who that is? Um, so Dr. Oz is a guy that's in mainstream media that is always talking about health. And I'm sure he has a lot of great things to say, but when people think that he is the the model of health, I would just tend to disagree. I, it, I don't think he could lift up his body weight. Is that healthy? No, I don't think so. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. <laughs> um, you know, I also think our society thinks that triathletes are the, are sometimes the model of the most in shape. And I would really disagree with that because again, they lift up their body weight when someone is you know, this big around, I'm holding up my pinky if you're listening. Um, I don't think that's a healthy thing. I think, you know, there's definitely a body composition that's healthy. Maybe some powerlifters have more body fat, but I also think there's opposite extreme like triathletes and they are skinny fat. And that's a real thing. Yeah. And I think 
you know, maybe just going with perception. I know last week we kind of talked about some of the perceptions of things, but you know, a lot of times the the super heavyweight powerlifters are the ones that you kind of see more maybe in like highlights or YouTube videos or something like that because they're lifting the most weight. So people maybe associate that with what a powerlifter looks like, forgetting the fact that that's one weight class. All of the other weight classes have limitations to how heavy you can be. So um, that sometimes maybe plays a role in, I guess, what people think is the normal body for a powerlifter. Right. I mean, I, I can, you can just go down the ranks and just look and there are so many powerlifters that are jacked and um, could be models. I mean, just that amazing in good shape with You're talking you know, about abs, me. bump, bump. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, and I think some people just, they don't know what else to do in life other than run. So they think that people that can't run are not athletes. And, um, you know, I think there are some people that love running and, you know, great, but I think some people run just because they don't know any better. Um, you know, they just, they're like, oh, this is what I do for fitness. And I think there's other things out there that are, are fun and healthy and good for you. Um, I think some powerlifters should have a level of conditioning that suits their sport and allows them to still be healthy so that they don't, you know, drop dead young. Yeah. As an example, if you, if you do a set of, a set of heavy single, if you do one heavy single squat and you have to take a 20 minute break to catch your breath, you might need a little bit of conditioning work. Yes, Josh, you do. Also me. I was going to say, <laughs> also me. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah, and I think this was a tricky one for me sometimes because I, I was a I was a CrossFitter. I was a CrossFit affiliate owner, you know. So to always be like, oh, uh, I don't run, it was kind of, you know, maybe hypocritical <laughs> um, because that's part of what CrossFit is. But yeah, but to, you know? in, in your defense, like you at the time weren't training to do CrossFit. You were training to be a powerlifter. So when we go back to that, you know, less is more deal we don't need to be doing more of other things that stress your body. We need to be more specific on what you're doing powerlifting wise. So, you know, and that, in that case, I mean, and some people, you know, might say that, yeah, you're CrossFit coach. You need to be doing CrossFit. Uh, I, well, you're coaching CrossFit, but you're competing in powerlifting. Like, so, right. you know, that's two different it. things. Yeah. And if somebody had a problem with it, well, yeah. right. <laughs> Give no fucks. <laughs> there you go. I'm learning that about you. <laughs> How long does that take, Josh? I don't even understand. No, that was that was uh, that was sarcasm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I'm learning. I don't understand your sense of humor. Yeah, it's it's not great. I have to explain my sense of humor a lot. So. Uh, yeah. I, oh, boy, Josh. That's awkward. It is. All right. So uh, next question. We had a question from a listener. Um, and I love this question because I, I have a little story that goes for this. So the question is, what do you look for in a, par in a coaching client? Um, my caveat would be, I don't think everyone's your client. Like as a business owner, I don't think everyone's your client. Like there would be some people that'd be like, I want to coach everyone. But I think every um, business should figure out who their clients are and pursue those people. So Josh, who are your ideal coaching clients? Uh, in general, for me, somebody that's going to work hard. Um, and 
everybody, everybody always just assumes that like, I only want to work with the elite level lifters or, or whatever. And to be honest with you, I only want to work with elite level lifters if they're going to work hard and, and put effort in because I'd much, I get much more out of working with somebody that's completely new that, that really buys in and works hard and makes progress than somebody that's, you know, doing really well, but they're just naturally gifted. So they don't really have to try. Um, it, 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 to me, that feels like a waste. And if they would just apply those elite lifters that are, you know, good naturally, if they would apply themselves, they could be some of the best ever to do it. And, you know, I see that fairly often and it's kind of, kind of disappointing actually. So yeah, I guess the main thing I look for is somebody that's willing to work hard and and be smart. Um, Somebody that's going to buy into, you know, the programming and, and follow the programming and not go rogue. Like we just talked about earlier. Um, And somebody that's a team player. So like when we go to meets, like, you know, I want somebody that's going to, you know, encourage their teammates if they're not, you know, if they're not currently competing and they're just there, uh, I'd like them to be there to help out and, you know, cheer on their, their fellow teammates. So that's kind of my, kind of my thing that I look for. And that's kind of a vague, non-specific thing, but, but that's, that's the most important thing to me. Well, I mean, I think, um, characteristics of people's, um, personalities and their work ethic is important um, because I don't think you want someone who's got a huge ego um, and doesn't want to be part of the team. Like they, they're just there for themselves um, completely. I don't, I don't think that's who you want, especially, you know, because team Roar is a team, you know, and we have to function as a team because even as a coach at a meet, you can't do everything. You, you can try. <laughs> but yeah. usually there's more than one lifter going at a time, multiple platforms, there's, there's things going on and, and you need help. Yeah, it takes a village. And, you know, I think, I think we've, we as a collective team is, have done a good job of kind of fostering that environment, I think. So it's, it's, it's really cool for me to sit back and kind of watch it happen. Um, you know, cause I kind of look at it like, you know, and you know, like at a lot of the meets that I run, like when we compete as a team and we have 20, 30 lifters competing, like I'm at, I'm not there usually actually coaching because I'm running the event, but you know, when I do get a break and I get to look over and I kind of see just every, everybody working together and everybody being taken care of, it's, it's really a cool thing to watch. So um, I look forward to being more involved in that aspect of it. uh, These upcoming years, I'm running less events next year. So It'll be fun. Well, and I think um, some of our best moments as a team have been when we've rented a house together and gone to a meet and, um, you know, just been there over over days, immersed with each other and finding out each other's little quirks and, um, you know, having the little hijinks of the, you know, raccoon breaking into the screen porch and, you know. Yeah, those are just things like... It's fun. Yeah, I remember every time I'm on those trips, like it's always bittersweet for me because I, I really enjoy that aspect, but then it seems like it's over very quick. And, you know, I don't know. I just have a lot of, I feel like I'm becoming a, a more emotional person, good or bad. I don't know, but it's starting to like, I almost feel like sentimental about stuff like that. Looking back, like hanging out with everybody and yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, and I, I do a uh, fun story with um, 
with Latavia going to a meet with us uh, a couple years ago when Ben Green got up really early and snuck out into her car and just waited for her to come out to her car so we could scare the shit out of her. That was an amazing moment. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a few people on our team that have, have a death wish if they're doing that. <laughs> yeah. I would never do that. Oh, there, there have been some really good pranks. That's been awesome. Yeah, I like pranks, but I'm not sure I'm willing to risk my life. Yeah, to don't mess with Latavia. Yeah. Just saying. It's true. Tay-Tay. Tay-Tay. Shout out to Tay-Tay. Yep. So I think that's about all we were going to cover today. Do you have any interesting things to talk about, Laura Sturm? Interesting things? So do we have a couple minutes? We have as much time as you want. All right. So there's a meet coming up in November in the state of Georgia. And I don't know how that's going to go. Like, I'm, I'm kind of leery about going to meets right now. How are you feeling about it? Uh, yeah, I, I, I am as well. Um, Georgia's not doing great at, at keeping, at dealing with the COVID stuff, I guess. So I'm a little leery to go to meets, but, you know, at the same time, like, I'm really, really proud of how USA Powerlifting is doing everything with requiring masks and, and you know, every lifter has to hand sanitize before each attempt. Um, just stuff like that, just to help keep everybody safe. And I think that's, uh, I think it's a big step to, to keeping everybody healthy and getting back to normal. So right. needless it's to say, I, I will, I will be there. I, I'm going to the event. Um, but yeah, I still, I'm a little bit nervous about it. Is that the first meet since this has really happened? Yeah. Well, first, first meet in Georgia. Yeah. First meet in Georgia. That's what I meant. Yep. So. All right. First meet in Georgia. Yep. And if, for those of you that I guess that are interested, what meet that is, that is the USA powerlifting, uh, Viking strength sports veterans day open. It's in Savannah, Georgia, November 7th and 8th, I believe. Awesome. So be there. Or watch through. Or, Zoom? or, or yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's going to be live streamed yes. or not. I know there was talk of it being live streamed. So, um, I think, I think that's definitely something that is being worked on, but as the guy that is not the meat director, I can't say for sure. And it feels mm. great. Doesn't that feel great to not be the meat director, yes. not be the person whose problem it is. Yep. Oh, yes. I'm with you there. Sorry. But I think it's going to be a good meet. Uh, Nate, uh, Nate is down there in Savannah. He's the one running it and he's, he's working a lot of uh, working really hard on it. So I think it'll be a good meet. Awesome. Well, good. I think that's, that's a good place to wrap up. Cool. All right. Uh, I guess uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, PL Ballads Podcast. And if you guys do have any questions or topics, uh, do shoot us a direct message and we will cover them on one of our next episodes. Until next time. Bye now. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode of the Powerlifting and Power Ballads podcast, please remember to subscribe and share it with your friends.